Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design. I'm Kimberly Selden. I am an interior design professional just like you, working every single day to improve how I run my business and to make my clients happy, to satisfy them in every way. It is not an easy job, is it? No. And as Mother's Day has just passed, it reminds me that that too is not an easy job some days. I know during this episode, I am talking to interior designer Lindsay Chelberg, and Lindsay has five children, count them, five. I only have two, but I have to say when they were young and I was simultaneously trying to run and grow my business, boy, were those some challenging days. Lindsay sounds like she's got a pretty good handle on things, and so we decided to have a conversation about those techniques you use as a super mom that may also work in your business. Or put another way, things you do at home that may work at the office. Hmm, interesting. Now, you don't have to be a mom to appreciate this episode. Most of us have a mom. (laughs) And those of us who don't have a mom who's still with us, and I count myself in that circle, I will say that you really still always need someone who fulfills that role, right? Someone who has your back, someone who loves you unconditionally, someone who's a sounding board. And we can do that for each other as well, right? There's lots of places to get mothering. Lindsay touches on six points that I think resonate with me as a mom, but also with me as a business owner. And it kind of surprised me. I thought maybe we're stretching too far to try to come up with this topic, but really it was quite easy. The first one is protocols or systems. You need them. You must have them in place. Number two is boundaries. Children need boundaries. Do clients need boundaries? Hmm. Let's see what Lindsay has to say. I need boundaries, right? I definitely need boundaries. Number three is set expectations early. This is a really important one, and I'm not sure if I say it in the episode, but your contract does exactly that. It sets the expectations early when everybody's fresh and open and willing to do as prescribed. Number four, limit choices. Absolutely. You're not going to take your child into a toy store and say, go ahead, spend a few minutes, pick anything you like. No, you're going to limit the number of choices. Number five, I love this one. A hundred percent honesty is not always necessary. Do you have to lead with your chin? In other words, do you have to show up at a client's house and say, oh, by the way, I have five children. So balancing your project and my family life is going to be pretty darn tough. No, you don't. You don't also have to tell clients that you work from a home office. They don't need to know that. There's lots of things we don't have to tell our clients. 
And then number six has to do with finding your A-team. Of course, you need your A-team at home. You need a, a spouse. Maybe you have parents who chip in and help you out. Maybe you have a great daycare or you have a tutor who helps with math assignments. Uh, you still need to find your A-team at home. And of course, that translates into your business life as well. So interesting conversation with Lindsay. Lindsay's from Modesto, California. She has a thriving and busy business called LHK Interiors. She reached out to us and said in the last two months, she had listened to 80 podcasts. Since that time, I think she's listened to even more. Um, And she was somewhat embarrassed, she says, to tell us that she'd been in business almost 15 years and was still doing some of these rookie mistakes. I could totally relate to that because that's about the amount of time that I had been in business when I finally decided I can't do this anymore. I've got to do things differently. Um, And I do meet people from time to time. I'll do a speaking event like at High Point, uh, and someone will come up to me and say, "I've, I've been in business. 30 years. And I'm going to cry right now because I just didn't know. So I understand. I really get that. And it's never too late today to make changes which are going to positively impact your life. And Lindsay has a lot of suggestions. Her firm specializes in residential projects, but she also has a lot of experience with kitchen and bath remodels. And she may have a problem that sounds like not much of a problem to some people, which is she probably has too many customers, but she'll explain how some of those are big renovation or decorating projects and some are just small projects where she selects finishes uh, with a home builder. Another theme that resonates throughout this episode has to do with reinventing the wheel. You don't have to do that anymore. You do not have to make up your systems and procedures. Take mine, use them. I strongly recommend you use them exactly as created before you decide to tweak because often I meet people and they say, well, yeah, yeah, I knew that wouldn't work for me. So I did it the following way and that didn't work. Just try it the way it's prescribed. And then if it doesn't work, let's talk about it. Let's tweak it, but let's implement. And I think that's a theme of this episode as well. Lindsay listened learned and implemented immediately. The faster you do it, the faster you're going to see results. So I think you're going to love this conversation with Lindsay. I know I did. And I also love every conversation with Cheryl Horn. Let's check in. How was your mother's day, Cheryl? Oh, it was really good. Um, I did a little movie night with the kids. We do all like the pillows on the ground and snuggle and watch a whole movie and stuff and make the good popcorn. It was, uh, it was really nice. <laughs> what about you? Uh, you know what? I had one of my children with me on Mother's Day, which is great because when you have kids who live in two different cities, but a few yes. days before Mother's Day, I had both of my kids in Los Angeles. So that was kind of awesome. So I, I extended my celebration a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. More awesome things on the horizon, including, yes, you absolutely should come on Business of Design's Elite Retreat. Cheryl, the phones have been really busy this week with registration. Yes, we announced on last week's episode that we've extended the deadline. So up until the end of the month, you can just pay the 50% deposit uh, to get your spot booked for the retreat. So it's coming up October 24th to 27th. 
uh, one of the questions we've been getting is you have to be a member in order to join us and you do not. As long as you're um, ready to commit and work hard on your business, we've got two streams. A lot of those coming are long-term members of Business of Design. They're looking to take their business to the next level. And a lot of people are just getting started and want to really focus and start implementing our system. So we're going to have streams for both. Yes. And it has been our experience that this kind of intensive situation is really beneficial in a huge way. So check out some of our testimonials about members who have doubled and tripled their income or asked for a huge check and gotten it. That's the kind of thing you can expect to be writing yourself if you're going to be joining us on something like Business of Design's Elite Retreat Santa Monica. I also want to say it's $2,800. And if you think of it as a business write-off, that's $1,400. Can you really afford not to spend $1,400 to move your business to the next level? You will come away from the retreat with a built-in support group. And we're looking forward to... The intensive learning part, I think, is always uh, interesting, and there's a lot of uh, effort on our part to make sure that that's the case. But we also have some fabulous home tours and a few surprises cooked in this year. So I think you'll be really happy you joined us. And you know what? I was talking to one of our members, uh, new members yesterday who just signed up for the retreat, one of our newest attendees. Um, And it's surprising. I think between the two of us, we've heard this about four times in the last month since High Point. Um, But that before finding Business of Design, she was working with another business coach, signed on for a year-long package. And when she found Business of Design, actually left that coach to come to Business of Design and is getting more out of her annual membership than a $20,000 coaching package. Right. That's not the first time we've heard it. It was amazing. So she's joining us on the retreat. So I'm pretty excited about that. It was great talking to her yesterday. All right, everybody come with us to Santa Monica, October 24th to 27th. Cheryl, anything else happening at Business of Design besides everything else? (laughs) Yes, if you are a member, we have our group coaching call this week. So on Wednesday, uh, 1 o'clock EST, we have our group coaching session. Registration's open online. Uh, New for this webinar, we also online have a form to submit your questions. Uh, We do get overwhelmed with submissions. Some of them are novels (laughs) that get sent in. So we just, we've put some systems in place to make sure that we can get to as many questions as possible. So rather than emailing me or the general mailbox, please head to the website, register and click the button right below it to submit your questions online as well. I love that idea. Now, a couple of things that have come up recently on the forum uh, have to do with getting your trades to quote following trade day when you haven't designed the whole house. So that's kind of some basic foundational stuff we teach at Business of Design. Yes, there is a way to do it. And we will talk about that quickly on the coaching call. And also, how do you determine that retainer amount? That comes up over and over and over again. So we're going to go through some strategies. uh, So everybody leaves that call knowing exactly what retainer they're going to ask for on every single job. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. 
Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Mother's Day just passed. I know so many of us are thinking about our moms. And if you're lucky enough to have your mom here and give her a hug, I'm a little bit envious. I miss my mama. She was a sweet Southern belle and I miss her all the time. She gave me great advice. And we were thinking about those of you who are busy interior design professionals and mothers and Lindsay, who you're going to meet right now. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Hello, doing great. Is a mother of five. Can you imagine? Five. I had two and I barely think I could keep it together most days. Like how on earth do you juggle a business and have five children? And Lindsay and I were talking about the fact that a lot of us who are moms are super moms and we have a lot of systems and structures in place to help us be super moms. And by the way, you don't have to have any children to take care of a tribe or a herd, right? So this is for those of you who don't have any children as well, you'll appreciate it. But what lessons can we take from motherhood that can help us more effectively run our businesses? Does that sound right, Lindsay? Sounds perfect. Yes. So how did you find us? So I started listening to one of your podcasts and the second I heard you speak, I knew you were talking to me. It, (laughs) everything you said, I thought, oh my goodness, up until that point, I thought I was alone. And I'm big on community. I love some of the different groups of designers and how we don't have to be on our own little islands floating around competing for work. I, I don't do, I'm, I'm more a collaborative um, entrepreneur. I love meeting with other designers and, and trades and, and companies and just kind of working together. And when I heard you talking about your story, I... Um, like I told you before, I was approaching my 14th year of business and had gotten to the point where because of my process, not because of, you know, I felt like I was, I I was doing what I knew how to do in the design world, but not in the business world. And, and I knew I, you know, I just kind of felt lonely that I was the only one that didn't know how to run a design firm. I was making it up as I went along. Um, I had worked for a design firm in San Diego, uh, went to college, graduated, got to continue on with the design firm, but didn't ever see the paperwork end of it. So when I moved home, um, decided to start my own business and like I said, just made it up as I went along and, and felt like, why am I reinventing the wheel of the process with every new client? This doesn't make sense. This isn't the right way to do it but I didn't know how to find the right way. And when I heard you talk, I thought, oh, she knows how to find the right way. (laughs) I totally relate to everything you said. And I was in business about 14 years as well. And for me, there was a lot of shame because I felt like I should know. And I had the same experience as you. I truly thought I was the only one who didn't know. And so I'd go Mm -hmm. to industry events and I'd see other designers and they seemed to have it going on. 
and they seemed to be right. poised and they had their nails done and their hair was done and they looked good. And I may have had those superficial things going on for the moment, but there was a cost to that in right. terms of sacrificing the time it took to go get my nails done. I was so overwhelmed with my to-do list from projects um, and then to work so hard and not have every client be thrilled and happy with the results and with me was extremely painful, just extremely painful. Right. Yep. I, I agree. I am definitely a people pleaser yeah. and there were times I felt like, you know, maybe I bought someone their kitchen because the time and effort I put into it. And I wasn't billing what I should have been billing. I, if they weren't happy with the countertops, oh, that's okay. Let's just rip them out. I'll pay for new countertops. And for me, my children were my measuring stick of success because I thought, why, why am I paying other people to raise them? And I'm very blessed. I have my, or very lucky to have my mother and my mother-in-law in town who help with the kids. So I don't have to have my kids in all day, you know, five day a week daycare, but why, why am I having other people get to be with my kids when I'm just throwing money away instead of efficiently running a project, setting the expectations as they should be set, having happy clients that then I can go home to my family, enjoy them, not be stressed out, set those boundaries. I love when you talk about boundaries because I think oh my goodness, that's what I need to be doing. Setting those boundaries and saying, look, these are my work hours and you have me 100% in the moment. I'm here, I'm working hard and you're, you're getting my expertise, but then I'm going to go home. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to not answer my emails for you know at least a good hour. <laughs> Leave me alone and let me have a little time. Um, so that's yeah. At least an hour. Okay. Right there. That's everything we need to know. At least an hour. Right. Okay. But isn't it interesting when I look back at being a mom to young children, I had really clear boundaries with my kids. I knew how to be a mom to my children in terms of setting clear boundaries, which made them feel more comfortable and right. made our home life run more smoothly. And yet I never saw the correlation between that skill set and what I needed to bring into my business. Do you mm -hmm. see that you have like really good, do you have good systems with your kids and do you have good protocols with the kids? I, I do, which it's funny that you say that because it, it does, it has to run like clockwork or everything just falls apart. And how do you, how do you get them packed up and their lunches and their homework off to school, others off to daycare. Oh, we've got different pickup schedules, different drop-off schedules, two different schools, a different daycare. You know, there's, there's so much that has to be properly planned or you will leave a child somewhere or you'll get a call. <laughs> you'll, you'll get a call that one doesn't have a French horn and the other didn't take her gymnastics stuff to horseback riding lessons. I mean, just have, how do we have those processes? Yeah, you're right. I, I have those processes for the kids and they know how to behave and they know how, or, you know, they don't always do it, but they know what they need to be doing. And I tell them what is appropriate, what is not appropriate. But up until the last year, 
I wouldn't tell my clients that it was not appropriate to text me on a Friday night at 9 p.m. Who does that? Who wants that to be done to them? But in my polite answer back to them, that was enabling them to continue that kind of, they, they were allowed to do that to me because I answered back and I didn't say, look, I'm so sorry, but this is my time with the kids. I don't want to be thinking about your project right now. You know, I, I recently had a woman, um, a new client, ask me if I could come to her house on a Sunday. We're available all day long. Would you, could you come on a Sunday? And I finally have the confidence to say, I'm so sorry. That's my time with my children and my husband. And, you know, he and I balance work and kids all week long. I thought before I responded to this woman, and she's very sweet. And, but I thought, do you want to be at work on Sunday, <laughs> you know, away from your family? She might, right? She might. And if she runs her own company, she gets to choose. But you get to choose too. And recently I was at High Point and I did a conversation in the theater called No More Negotiating. And one of the things we talked about is just the confidence and the courage to speak your truth and how when we don't do that, we invite more of the same troubling consequences. So mm-hmm. in the example you gave where the client texts you on a Friday night, when I engage, because I, I used to, uh, when I engage and say, oh, hey, yeah, listen, um, I'll be in the office on Monday and I'll take care of that, even that is letting them know that I am available on Friday night. Instead, what I would do today is I would totally ignore the text until Monday morning at 9 a.m., Then Mm -hmm. I would respond that texts are reserved for family and friends and emergencies. So if you wouldn't mind, we're going to limit all of our correspondence to email. I hope you understand. Thank you. Then the client can receive that however he or she wants, right? That's their stuff. That's not my stuff. But in every single instance where I had to do that, the client said, oh my gosh, of course, I totally understand. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I don't do that, then I invite more of the same, right? If I engage, I think, oh, it's just a really quick answer. Hey, yeah, no problem. I'm thinking the same thing. Have a great weekend. Then I have opened the door to constant communication 24-7 with my clients. And then to be angry at the client who uses that communication with me in future is so not fair because I've told her or him that it's okay to do it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's also my love hate relationship with technology. I feel I can be the best business person and the best mom, you know, juggle both because of technology. But then I also need to really pay attention to when I'm turning it off and being present mm-hmm. I, with my children. So when I'm turning off technology, being present with my kids, with my family, or when I'm turning off technology at a meeting and not answering right. emails from other clients, I would never do that with my client to client. You know, when you're in a meeting with them, they are the only ones you're talking to them. You're there, you're present. So I also have to set those boundaries for myself when I'm with my family. That's and a not- really good point. That is a really good point. You would never correspond with another client while you're sitting in front of a 
a, a current client, right? You would never spend that client's time dealing with another project. So, wow. Okay. So what other lessons do you think we can derive from being super moms? So I, I have found that a hundred percent honesty. I mean, I never go into a client meeting, a, a new, new customer calls me. I don't you know, go out the gate with, hi, I'm going to be your new designer. And I have five children because that terrifies people. They think, oh my goodness, do you have time for me? Do you, well, we all have things in life that are outside of work that, that we manage, that we, we do, that we enjoy hobbies, whatever it is, travel. Um, and so I'm always very upfront with people. I'm, I'm going to set the expectations when I'm here, when I'm working, you have me a hundred percent, you know, I'm here for you. And, and that's, um, you know, like I said, my job skills are that as a super mom, as a, you know, super woman, I can, my staff as well and myself, we can manage so many different, uh, you know, juggle so many different balls as we're dealing with trades and we're dealing with, uh, okay, did the, did we call the receiver? Did things come in? Do we're just, we're always, you know, as designers, we're always juggling so much. And so that's where I'm very upfront with people. Um, yes, I have a lot of children and I absolutely love them all. And I'm happy to go home to them, but I also have job training in what's the durability of your product? I mean, Mm. if my kids cannot destroy something, then you are good to go. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree with you. That's not something you need to lead with. In fact, you know, you can't, I can't imagine any situation where a professional would feel that they need to tell me about their personal life in the first meeting. In fact, clients want to think that you don't have any personal life at all. And Mm -hmm. that's something I think that might, might take a little time for it to come out, right? Right. Right. I know when I when my kids were little, uh, we were really good about not giving them too many choices. And yet, when I started my design business, I thought offering clients ten options would show the clients that I was so talented and so flexible. I could take them anywhere they wanted to go. And in fact, it took me many years to realize that clients were completely freaked out when I gave them 10 choices, just like a child would be completely overwhelmed by 10 choices. So do, right. you, do you find that you limit choices to your five children? I, I do. And it's, it's funny because I know what each of them will eat. And so I do the most, for the most part, I say, okay, you know, you like this and this, which, which one are you going with today? Um, and uh, my husband is absolutely wonderful. I would not be able to juggle the business without him. He um, usually is able, he gets off work around one thirty-two in the afternoon. He goes in super early. Um, and so that's a, a big way for just finding your team, finding, you know, not just your staff, but your, um, if your parents are around or your husband or spouse or, or whoever it is that helps you, your brother, your sister, um, for, for me, it's my husband and, and, when he will start to give the kids too many options, I go, no, 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 you just order for them. You, you, know, you don't take them clothes shopping. You just hand them gifts of clothes. And they're so excited because they're still in the ages um, that we can just clothe them and they're excited by it. And I used to do the same thing with clients where it was, 
look at these 10 beautiful options that, that we can do. And they're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I, I do like, um, I do like taking clients into a tile store, into a, a showroom. I like to take clients places, especially if they're a new client to see what they gravitate towards, not to give them. I, I don't even want them to tell me what they want, where, because that's not their job to have to have to do that. Um, but I love telling them, I don't want you to get overwhelmed. I just want you to tell me what colors you gravitate towards. Tell me what's pulling, what's talking to you. Okay. Let me ask you something. Would you take your, one of your children into a store and say, look at all the toys, right? (laughs) What would happen? That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) It's a total nightmare. That's so interesting that you use that example because when I when I apply that to my kids, I know that that would be a nightmare situation. And so for me, I would never take a client to a tile store and just tell me what you gravitate toward because they might gravitate towards something beautiful that's completely they they might gravitate towards something that's gorgeous that's completely inconsistent with the look and feel that they're trying to create that they've told me they want to create. Right. So I believe it's my job to narrow the choices down. And in fact, I even would go one step further and say, it's my job to show the client what I would choose if it were my house, given that I know what they want, right? What I would choose, which one, because what I found over and over clients would say, well, what do you think? Which one do you think? They Mm -hmm. wanted my opinion and mm-hmm. so it's hard, I think, it was hard at least for me to be confident enough to state my opinion because right. what if I'm wrong? What if I say, yeah. this is the one I would do, and they say, that's absolutely horrible. I hate it, right? <laughs> but that right. it really doesn't happen that often, right? And I probably should have. So I, I feel in my business, I have two areas. It's sort of like how you have the consultation only or the consultation to, to a project. Um, and so I, I refer to my LHK clients as my lifers. And then I have a contractor that subcontracts me out for every single one of his kitchen or bath remodels only. Um, and, and I joke that these are my speed dating clients. (laughs) They are the ones that I take into and, and working with this contractor was sort of what started to open my eyes to why was I reinventing the wheel with every bath or kitchen? Right. It just, his process and how he, how he has these meetings set up, it astounds me. So he subcontracts me in for a two hour kitchen consultation meeting I walk into that project, have never met these people before. And by the time two hours later, I walk out. And usually we do this at a tile store. Um, and when we walk out, 100% of the spec list is filled in. And their kitchen will be done in usually less than six weeks. I completely understand that. Yeah, that's a totally different scenario. And I completely get that. But what you touch on there is so interesting. It's true. Every kitchen has a faucet, a sink, a countertop, cabinets, hardware for the cabinets, lighting, mm-hmm. flooring. So why indeed do I act like every project is different when every project 
follows a familiar pattern. So what are those places I can, where are those places I can streamline and make myself more efficient? The other thing about choices I want to say, which is, which is funny. Um, my son Cooper, um, I love my son Cooper. He's 29 years old now. Um, and he would not mind me saying that he has ADHD and is, uh, possibly teeniest bit on the spectrum for Asperger's just a little bit there. And one of the things that we learned with Cooper is if we said to Cooper, like, hey, Cooper, do you want to have a bath now? He would say no. And then it would become a knockdown, drag out fight to get Cooper to take a shower or a bath. Mm-hmm. One day, I, in exasperation, I sat on the floor and I'm like, I have to be able to figure this out. He's four. I'm smarter than him. I may not be smarter than him forever, but right this minute, I'm smarter than him. So what am I going to do? So I said, hey, Cooper, do you want to skip to the shower or do you want to walk backwards to the shower? And he said, I want to skip to the shower. And before he knew it, he was in the shower. I'm like, this is amazing. (laughs) So it's not just that I limit the choices, but I make sure that both choices work for me. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't give my clients, you can have A or B and B is horrible. You can have A and the consequence of that will be this, and or you can have B and the consequence will be this, but I like both outcomes. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from setting boundaries for children that has impacted how you set boundaries at work? For setting the boundaries for my kids, it is always to get the best outcome, right? We want our children to be uh, he, my husband and I joke, we, well, not joke, but we talk about our ultimate goal to have outstanding citizens once they are grown. And, you know, I always say they're cute so you don't donate them because when they are little and when you're <laughs> trying to get them to take a bath or if my husband was working swing shift and I had a one, two and three year old that I was trying to pump through baths, pump through dinner. Oh, okay. I had to clean up the dinner. Then it was story time and then it was bedtime. So I, I'm getting all these boundaries put in place so that they will ultimately provide to the community and just be, be good upstanding citizens later. (laughs) So the first thing you think about is what's the point of the boundary? What's the goal? And so with clients, it might be that the goal is to create the smoothest process from the beginning of the project to the end of the project. And clients, like children, sometimes think they know better how to run these things, right? But in fact, they don't. You know they don't. Um, And a client might be a terrific business person. They might have a thriving company that works for them, but they've never owned a design firm and they have no idea how to run a design firm. You do, so you set the boundaries. Right. And I, I have had people call me before that said, okay, well, I, I just had new counters put in and now I need you to come and start looking at my kitchen and figure out what our, what we're going to do to our cabinets. I'm like, wait, what? You, you (laughs) just had counters put in. So, so those counters have to be ripped out your brand new counters. Well, why? Well, because you don't know the process and, and in doing that, you just messed up the whole process. Yeah. And, and so for me, it is mostly setting up the expectations right out the gate with those people. Um, 
okay, if I'm going to take on your project to help you renovate your kitchen, but you just DIY'd your countertops, let's, let's really figure out, am I willing to take this on? And if so, you need to hand the reins over to me now so that I can help you get the best outcome. Yeah, and because turning the project over to you will result in a better outcome. Right, right, because we've been doing this. And, and that's where I felt in my 14 years of, well, in, in 18 years, if, uh, you know, before my company working for the other design firm. So in 18 years of experience, I really felt I knew the business. I knew the design world. I knew the the process, the management. I knew everything but the paperwork. And that that for me is where I knew the second I, well, you know, the first three episodes of Business of Design's podcast, I knew you had the system that I needed to learn. And more than that, I needed to implement. I, I couldn't just learn it. I couldn't just, you know, go back to the office and, and tell my team, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Kimberly was talking about this and this and this. No, we need to start using it. And and, and I've taken some of your systems and, and tried to start using them where I thought I knew what you were telling me to do. <laughs> I thought I knew. And, and then I tweaked it a little bit and I went, this is what, this is what you were telling me to do. Not what I originally thought and, and just kind of diving in. And that's my biggest, I, I was good at listening and wanting to just dive in, whether it was a hundred percent or whether it was 90% what you were telling me to do or what, what you recommended, I would just jump in. Let's start, let's try. And then we tweak to get that hundred percent. So are you a monthly or you're an annual member? Annual. And did you um, start at step one and go in order? Yes. So that's good. I'm shocked how many people will sometimes start at like step six because that's where they're at. And then they'll ask questions that would have been answered in steps one through five. So, so good. So you, you started, but what's amazing about you, Lindsay, is you implement it. That's the big secret sauce, isn't it? Because sometimes people will listen or they'll watch a course, they'll pay for membership, they'll watch a course and they think, yes, I'm definitely going to do that as soon as I get through this next thing. And then before you know it, it's been another year and you've lost the momentum. So you you implement, you have no choice because you have five kids. If you don't do it now, it's not going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> and actually I just, I just listened to you talking about your first customer handing her baby over to you yes. and, and, you know, and you're thinking, why am I getting to hold your child and not my own? And yeah, that, that is, if, if I am paying to be away from my children, then I want it to be one efficient so I can go back home to them. And I want it to be rewarding. Otherwise it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. I always said, Oh, if I was independently wealthy, I would still do this because I love it so much. Well, I don't see the value in, in doing that and being away from my kids and and then they're going to be grown and I'm going to go, where was I? I was yeah. not present. No. And that's when I started a business. I started it so I could take lunch break, run into their classrooms, read Dr. Seuss, you know, whatever the week yeah. is. 
run back to work. And even if that means that maybe I'm going to have to stay up a little later that night after they go to bed, that's just the season of my life because I know I'm going to blink and they're going to be grown and I'm going to regret if I built a wonderful company, but wasn't there for them. I want to build a wonderful company and be there for them. Well, and you know what? The truth of the matter is they're watching also. What are, what are the genders, boys, girls? So we have three girls and two boys. Okay. So they're all watching you and right. they're going to learn from mom, from Lindsay, what a young female entrepreneur looks like and what her limitations are. Um, and that's kind of a sobering thought, right? Like I want my children to feel empowered that if they decide to open a small business, it doesn't have to stay small. It could be big. Um, and I, particularly I wanted my daughter to know that she could be the boss, that she could run the company because I grew up in a family where there were very clear gender roles and my role was to support a husband. That's according to my parents. Um, Mm -hmm. and of of course, like the next generation and the next generation, they're all going to go much further ahead. But the fact of the matter is we do want to teach our children that what we do is worth respecting and has value, right? And you're right. They also get to see that we're achieving our goals. So it teaches them to aim high. I always went to consultations for free. I felt, why would they pay to meet me? That that was my, what if they don't like me? What, you know, all these different, why would they pay to meet me? And, and that was my thought. And so I went to these consultations for free. Even if I'm paying for child care, I'm paying to go to these consultations. If I didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, if it wasn't a referral, most of my clients are referrals. And so if it wasn't a referral, I didn't feel comfortable going by myself. So I'm going with staff and paying for them to go. And I went for free. This doesn't make sense. I knew it wasn't the correct way to do it. And I am telling you, after implementing the consultation, I was so excited. We sold our first consultation, you know, maybe a month ago. And only a month. Wait a minute. Only a month ago? Well, so I became a member. I started listening in um, the end of January is when I found your your podcast. Uh, 2019. Yes. Oh my gosh. Talking to you, it sounds to me like you... I, I really get the impression that you're running a super mature business. Like it's incredible, right? Once the penny drops and once you realize systems and protocols will change your life, you can go from being a, what I refer to as a toddler business to a mature business in like a month. Right. So right. We, we're, so, we're recording this in April. So three months in, listen to you. So go keep well, telling me, tell me. I, I drive a ton. I was a, addicted to, to the, your podcast. And I just started listening to them. But how did you make time to listen, to watch courses? How did you make time? you I mean, you already have so many projects on the go. You have five children and a husband and a life. How did you justify taking time to watch step one and then taking time to implement it? In the evening is kind of when I dedicate that time. That's why when I started listening the podcast, I just thought this is the way to, you, you are my way to solve all my problems if oh my I implement your systems. And I told my husband on Valentine's Day, I said, you know what? 
I need to love my business a little bit. And I am jumping in. I'm doing the annual membership. You know, I I said, I'm going to all of her um, events coming up. I don't care where they are. I just, (laughs) oh my God, that's so good. And from my first, when my assistant and I left our first consultation, the woman said to us as we were leaving, thank you so much. I cannot believe how much great information you gave us. Wow. And I thought, never has anyone told me that for a consultation because it was a meet and greet. Right. I wasn't giving great information. I was wasting their time, wasting my time. What is your rate then that you go to a consultation for now? So my rate is $325 for the consultation. And where do you live? Um, In Modesto, California. So it is... Okay. um, Kind of an hour and a half from everything. San Francisco, Yosemite, Sacramento. Oh, that's, I'm really glad we're talking about this because I meet so many people who say, well, I can't raise my rate because I don't live in the big city. And I try to convince them that in fact, sometimes when you don't live in a big city, you have less competition Mm -hmm. and fewer options for the consumer. And therefore a higher rate is going to get you those better customers. So can you attest to that for people? I, I definitely can. And there are wonderful niches in our or little neighborhoods in our area that I am finding right now. I when when the market slowed down, I was getting a lot of calls for decorating jobs, um, just a kitchen, just a bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, just smaller projects. Right now, every call I get, well, almost every call I get. People want me to come in and just gut their house, mm-hmm. just gut it all, deal with it all. And, and these people might've saved up and it's a $300,000 project or it's a second home and they've got, uh, you know, they've worked hard and, and I am just astounded that there is money like that everywhere and people are willing to put it into their home if, especially if they don't travel. Yeah. And everybody, take it from Lindsay. You went from charging $0 for the consultation to $325 for the consultation. And it has not stopped your business. No, no. I had seven calls in the last, I would say the last five weeks, seven calls requesting consultations. And every single one of those people said, sure, no problem. How do I sign up? You know what I'm going to tell you, if you've had seven paid consultations in the last uh, week or month, you know what I'm going to tell you next, right? What? Yes. To to raise that fee. (laughs) Yeah. You have to. You have to. Because you have to have some way of managing the number of people that are calling you. There's too many people. And that's a really good problem to have. And I hope everybody listening has that problem at some point in your business. But many people will not be able to relate to this at all. But if you are overwhelmed, if you are busy, if you have too many customers, you absolutely have to raise your rate because that will stop a couple of them, but your profits will go through the roof. Right. So basically, if you're a mom or if you find yourself in a position where you have a tribe to take care of, whatever that looks like, whatever protocols and strategies you are using successfully in that case, those can translate into your business and help you with your business. 
Right. Oh my gosh. So good. You know, we like to end, if you've listened to 107 podcasts, you know, (laughs) we like to end every episode with design intervention, which is something that will be immediately actionable for everybody else listening. Lindsay, what would you say is your design intervention? So I would say my biggest thing, well, two, two biggest things, implement the systems that you're learning. If you're going to learn a process, if you're going to take the time to have someone else's hard work show you a better process, then use it, use it, use it, implement it. So good. I love that one. I have to just like, yay for that one. That's an (laughs) excellent one, but you have two. So, so my last one is, is just kind of tied into that networking and building relationships. Um, and for me, it's the local contractors. Um, you know, I, I hope and feel that I'm an upcoming designer in the area and I'm going to be around for many more years and just working with good, when you're finding your A team, I have found one of my contractors. If he gets a call from any client, he gives them my card, says call Lindsay first. I will not give you a bid. Wow. And so you call Lindsay first because, and they go, oh, no, no, no. We know what colors we're going to paint and we know what carpet we're going to put in. He goes, no, you don't. You think you do. You don't. Have Lindsay <laughs> put it on a list. Call Lindsay. And, and for me, that is just wow. so nice because building those kind of relationships, I'm helping his customers. He's helping yeah. my clients. And we're going to just work together for hopefully many more years with, happy clients. Yes. Oh my gosh. You, I see a hugely successful future ahead of you. You have five lucky, lucky children and a lucky husband. And I feel very grateful to have met you. Thank you so, so much for your generous sharing. And uh, Lindsay was not paid to be on the podcast. We did not bribe her to say nice things about (laughs) us. So Perfect. Oh my God. Yay. So tell your uh, husband, I'm glad he supported you and your decision to join Business of Design for Valentine's Day. That's adorable. <laughs> I will. I know he loved it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy a free introductory course which includes three business of design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a business of design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today 